leaving, but hopefully some of them will come back. Here they come back. It's great uh, for me to be here. I love coming to Townhead. There is a freshness about this church that I enjoy. I go to other churches that are as dead as King Henry, but I enjoy coming to this church. One or two things I want to say um, introduction. And uh, I have a missions leaflet, which is very interesting. I went to visit this place over Northern Ireland. They produce six tons of Christian literature every day. It's a phenomenal work for God. And they have a list of what they ship out each month. And uh, you would just be blown away. Um, on the 4th of July, we shipped a container to the Chinese Tourist Ministry in Hong Kong. If any other part of the world needs help, it's that part. And um, on the 5th of July, we sent 50,000 booklets to the Netherlands. And we shipped two pallets of literature to Haiti. And um, we sent 100,000 gospel tracts and 10,000 gospels of John um, to uh, another place. We shipped 30,000 devotional booklets, and so on. And if you would like just to read a little more, please ask for one, and I'll give you one at the end. But I'm very thrilled this morning to meet a friend from India. And Carla, would you like to come up for a minute? I want to talk to you. Give her a nice welcome. It is just so special for me to meet someone from the city of Chennai. Now, tell us a little about Chennai. Were you born there? Did you work there? Did you teach there? What did you do? Uh, actually, I was born in South, not in Chennai, but I studied in Chennai in my schooling, college, and the, the teacher training, and I was there after marriage also. I am in Chennai now. And I was working as a science assistant for the grade 12, 10 to 12 standard in a high school. But God called me to work among the special needs children. So I said, Lord, no, I don't know anything about it. I don't want to do that. I don't want to take up. And I don't want to go and sit with these children. I can't stand up. I don't know anything about it. But the Lord said, go. One of the uh, Sunday service, the, actually our pastor was preaching, whom shall I say? God taught me again and again, showed me this verse. I said, here am I, I'm going. So after having my three children going to school, I had to go to the college and study for special education, but God is faithful. God is faithful. So I was working as a teacher, first a special educator, and then the head teacher, and God promised me to take me to Dubai to work in an international school for the special children. And he said, I'll use you among those people too. Then God took me over there. He was faithful. For seven years, I was in Dubai. So uh, the richest, the richest part of the world, Dubai. Yeah. <laughs> Good wages. Okay. Now, tell me, yeah. in Czech Pet, you know Spartank Road. 
I know because I study just at the back of that WCC, Women's Christian College. It's situated over there. Yes, the I've been there. In the CMCG, just behind it. Like so the lady that started CMCT, what was her name again? Colin Reddits. So you've met her? Yo, yes. That's all like a big story in life, but I know her. <laughs> <laughs> and even now, because one of my friends is working as a doctor or an oncologist, uh, coming there to work with them, like, you know, in the same city. So after her work, we used to meet there and pray. So for prayer, every month we used to meet there. I go there to same city. So you're returning to India when? On November 11th. November 11th. And I'll be there on November the 19th. So I'll come, definitely come and meet you. Wonderful. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. It is so special to have someone, not only from India, because I love India. I've been going to India since 1977. I visited um, Chennai and CMCT over 20 times over these years. And a um, number of the friends here not only pray for CMCT, but a number um, support a child through the sponsorship um, scheme that we have. We have nearly 2,000 children around the world sponsored. We have 2,000 sponsors sponsoring children. And um, I was saying to Khan that I'm going to India for one week because my health has been restored. And um, my wife said, you can go if you take your brother with you. So my brother's coming with me. And uh, we'll both teach for a whole week. But as I go, if you want me to take a little present to your sponsored child, I'll be more than happy to, because Karen's sponsored child has a birthday um, around November and she's delighted that I'll be the postman and it'll, not save, it'll save her all any money. For, postage is too expensive these days to send gifts to India. So if there's anyone else that would like me to take anything um, to uh, CMCT, I'm happy to do that. And I'm very happy this morning to preach the gospel to share from the Bible with you. Um, I don't know about you, but I, in some ways, my wife says, I'm addicted to following the television at the moment with Brexit. I even missed taking my medicine on Saturday morning. I was that gripped by what was happening. I was waiting for the big decision, waiting for the choice for the MPs. And that crowd down in the House of Commons will not make any decision. And um, I don't know about you, but it's, it's a fascinating um, political turmoil at the moment. Will they accept the deal? Will they reject the deal? They have a choice to make. <laughs> if I had to ask, on the hands up all those that would accept the deal, let me see the hands that would accept the deal. I don't know what the deal is. <laughs> don't know what the deal is. <laughs> so we've got two people. Who wouldn't they accept the deal? Another three. But the rest of the people don't know. And they're sitting on the fence with the MPs. And so um, this issue of making a decision, making a choice, is a very crucial factor in life. Not only for the MPs, because Mr. Johnson is going to try and insist um, on Monday that they will make a decision, they'll make a choice. 
um, one way or the other. And when we think about it in life, it's part of everyday life. Um, from the simplest choices that we must make, what are we going to eat? I keep saying to my wife in the morning, what are we having for dinner tonight? She says, it's your choice. It's your choice. So when we go back over our life, even uh, the children, and um, we now have parents uh, who allow the children to make every choice. Uh, I see parents going into shops to buy shoes for the children, and they say, what would you like? The choice is the children. When we were bringing up our children, we made the choice what they wear and what they do. No, no, I have a grandson of four. He makes all the choices. And so um, even uh, children going to school, they have choices to make. What subjects are they going to study? When they come to 12 or 13, then they go down a particular path. And then when they finish school, they have another choice to make. Do they go on to college or university or do they go into employment? That's a big choice. And then as they grow a little older, they go into the world of romance. And they have a choice to make. A fellow has a choice to make um, to choose a partner for life. When I'm giving advice to young men and what kind of choice to make, I say to them, just have a good look at her mother. Because in time to come, that's how she'll end up. And she'll just be like her mother. If you want to get an idea what size she'll be when she's older, get a good look at her mother. And you'll get a good idea what choice. Then you have to make a choice where you're going to live. Who's going to live in New Mills or Darville? Well, people who've been brought up here think there's no place like it. Um, but then there's another choice. What church to go to? That's a big important choice too. People sometimes just wonder, what kind of church should I go to? Let me suggest this morning that the most important choice that you'll ever make in your life will be in regards to your eternal destiny. That's the most important choice. Heaven or hell? That's a choice. No one, no one finds themselves in hell by just drifting or by chance. You're there in one of these two places by choice. And the choice that you must make to be in heaven is to make the choice of accepting Jesus Christ as your own personal Savior. And um, at the trial that Jesus had, Pilate, the Roman governor, presented to the people a choice. Let's read about this in the Bible. Matthew 27, read about the courtroom of Pilate, and he as a judge had to make a choice. 27, the first gospel in the New Testament, and I'm reading a version called the New Living Translation, which is a very modern but helpful translation. We're reading from verse 11 of Matthew 27, verse 11. Now Jesus was standing before Pilate, the Roman governor, are you the king of the Jews? The governor asked him. Jesus replied, yes, it is as you say. But when the leading priests and the other leaders made their accusations against him, 
Jesus remained silent. Don't you hear there are many charges against you, Pilate demanded? But Jesus said nothing, much to the governor's great surprise. Now, it was the governor's custom to release one prisoner to the crowd each year during the Passover celebration, someone they wanted. This year, there was a notorious criminal in prison, a man named Barabbas. As the crowds gathered before Pilate's house that morning, he asked them, which one of you do you want me to release to you, Barabbas or Jesus, who is called the Messiah. They had a choice to make. He knew very well that the Jewish leaders had arrested Jesus out of envy. Just then, as Pilate was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife sent him this message, leave that innocent man alone, because I had a terrible nightmare about him last night. Meanwhile, the leading priests and the other leaders persuaded the crowds to ask for Barabbas to be released and for Jesus to be put to death. So when the governor asked again, which of these two do you want me to release to you? The crowd shouted back their reply, Barabbas. But if I release Barabbas, Pilate asked them, what should I do with Jesus who is called the Messiah? They all shouted, crucify him. Why, Pilate demanded, what crime has he committed? The crowd only roared the louder, crucify him. Pilate saw that he wasn't getting anywhere and that a riot was developing, so he went, he sent for a bowl of water and washed his hands before the crowd, saying, I am innocent of the blood of this man. The responsibility is yours. And all the people yelled back, We will take responsibility for his death, we and our children. So Pilate released Barabbas to them. He ordered Jesus flogged with a lead-tipped whip, then turned him over to the Roman soldiers to crucify him. And so this morning, I want us to think of the choice that the people made and relate that to ourselves. What choice will we make in regards to Jesus? The text that I have in mind is verse 17. Pilate says, which of the two do you want me to release, Barabbas or Jesus? And uh, this uh, nation, the Jewish nation, down through their history, have had to face different choices at different times. If you go back into the Old Testament, then there was a time when Joshua was a leader, and the people were at a kind of indecisive moment and he said to them in Joshua 24, Choose today whom you will serve. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That was a choice that he made. And he called the people to make a choice. There was another occasion in their history, a very crisis moment like what we've got down in London at the moment. In the day of Elijah, he brought the nation to a mount called Mount Carmel. And he said, how long are you going to take to make up your minds? How long will you take to make up your mind? And he said to them, God or Baal? How long halt ye between two opinions? You either have to choose God, Jehovah, or Baal. You cannot have God and Baal. You have to have one or the other. 
And so when we come to this moment that we've read about in the New Testament, the most famous trial in all of history, the judge, the procurator, Pontius Pilate, he listened to the accusations that were made against Jesus. And he was a very sharp, shrewd procurator. And he said, this man is not guilty. He's innocent of any crime that called for the death penalty. Pilate was of the mind that Jesus should be released. He was convinced. And so he had a ploy to get him released because he recognized that at this particular festival in the Jewish calendar, the festival of the Passover, as a gesture to the people, he released a prisoner from prison as a goodwill gesture towards the Jews because the Romans under Pilate they didn't have any good relationships with the Jewish people. Uh, they were constantly hostile to one another. And so, in an act of, of supposed compassion and kindness, once a year they released a prisoner. And he thought, the people will choose Jesus because uh, the leaders, the Pharisees and the religious leaders, they are opposed to Jesus. But the people, he thought he would appeal to the people and he would get the people to release Jesus. But like David Cameron, <laughs> it worked out against him. He thought that they would never leave, and that he offered um, a referendum all these years ago for the people to choose to stay or to leave. And David Cameron's thinking was, they'll, st they'll choose to stay and remain. And he got it wrong. And Pilate got it wrong. He thought the people would call for Jesus, but they called for Barabbas. And so we have the unfolding of this very famous trial. I want to speak very briefly this morning on Pilate's opinion. What was his opinion of Jesus? And could I ask you, what is your opinion of Jesus? What do you think of Jesus? Not only his opinion, but I want us to think about Pilate's offer. Barabbas or Jesus? And he made an offer. And the people had to decide. And so this morning, before you leave that door, you'll have made a decision and you'll have made a choice for or against Jesus. I also want to say something about Pilate's, not only his opinion and his offer, but his opportunity. Of all the people in history, Pilate is one of the key people that had the most wonderful opportunity to meet Jesus face to face, to have a personal interview with him, and yet he made the wrong decision. He had an opportunity, but he chose otherwise. I've said already that Pilate was an intelligent man. He'd gone through the ranks of the Roman army, and he found himself now um, in charge um, of the army and the occupation of Israel down there in Judea. And so, um, after having an interview, an interrogation with Jesus, all we get in the Bible is just the, the tip of the iceberg for his interview and his, and his investigation. But Pilate concluded, having met Jesus and talked to him, he's innocent. He's innocent. And uh, as a representative of the Roman um, Empire, Pilate had in him a sense of justice. The Roman Empire, um, as an empire, were famous for justice and for law. 
And when uh, the Jews arrived at Pilate's gate that morning, um, they thought it would be a matter of form just to appear and get a license from Pilate to crucify Jesus. They didn't anticipate that Pilate would put a spoke and a spanner in their works. Pilate had an opinion of Jesus, and it was impacted by his wife. It's very interesting to read the story and to discover that his wife had a dream. She said it was a nightmare about Jesus the night before he stood before Pilate. And she said, have nothing to do with this just man, this innocent man. So he had uh, his opinion, uh, if you like, uh, affected and shaped by the input of his wife. And of course, Pilate's opinion was greatly shaped by the fanatic crowd that stood at his, his gates that morning. The power of public protest is increasing today. One million people descended on London yesterday to raise their voices, um, to express a view on a particular issue. And if you just take a wee quick look around the world, you'll see the streets of Barcelona are covered with violence and reaction because of public protest. If you go to the streets of Hong Kong and see again the uproar because of public protest, you go to Ecuador and the same. Around the whole world, um, the public are rising to express a view and an opinion. And it's often very influential, the power of public opinion. And so we we need to take note that we, in our opinion of Jesus, can be influenced either by our family or someone that's close to us, a mother, a father. Uh, it may just be someone in your family that would just cause that input that would make you think different. Or it may be beyond your family, it may be your workmates or just the public Generally, you, you, your influence. People say, I don't care what people think, but we all do. We all care about what people think, and that affects uh, what kind of decision that we make. We can be influenced. If you look back over our life, some people can be influenced by Sunday school, children's clubs that they attended uh, in their early years. And that message of the gospel that was uh, poured into them can be an influence as they reach adult life. It may be that you've read the Bible and you've heard messages. You may come to church and hear a message that would influence you in your thinking, and you would then have an opinion. So I, I ask you very frankly this morning, what is your opinion of Jesus? What do you think of Christ? Who do you think he is? Just a man? that appeared in time and went off the stage of time? Or is he, in fact, who he claimed to be, the Son of God? What is your opinion of Jesus? The opinion of Pilate, the offer of Pilate. As I said earlier, the custom and culture of that day 
at Passover time was that a prisoner was released as a token of peacemaking towards the Jews. Pilate thought that the offer of Barabbas or Jesus was so stark and so different that the people would choose Jesus. And so uh, this whole issue uh, that's presently before the parliament, what choice will they make? Will they accept the new deal or will they reject it? There's a choice to be made. There's an offer being put to our parliamentarians. And when you think here in this passage of the difference between the two men that were offered, Barabbas, it says, was a notorious criminal involved in insurrection and murder. So with a character that was stained with blood and sin against the person of the Lord Jesus, the great healer, the great friend of sinners, there is no comparison. And yet, the people would have chosen and did choose Barabbas. The greatest influence that affects us in our choice is that Satan doesn't want us to choose Christ. He will do everything in his power to influence us against the Lord Jesus. And so there is a spiritual battle sometimes goes on inside people's heart, inside people's mind. There is a struggle at times. The Holy Spirit wants you to make a choice and to accept Christ. And the devil wants you to reject Christ and live your life without him. And uh, we have to consider the offer that is being made to us. There was a young man came in the time of Jesus. He was called the rich young ruler. He wanted to follow Christ. He wanted to be a disciple of the Lord Jesus. But he got an offer put to him by Christ. And the Lord said, if you want to follow me, here are the terms and the conditions. Sell all that you have and give it to the poor and then come, follow me. And the offer was to sacrifice material things for spiritual values. And he chose material things. Sometimes we have to face up to the choice to follow and be prepared for the implications of following Christ. I don't think for one moment that it's easy to accept Christ. Preachers sometimes in the past made the mistake, you have nothing to give up if you come to Christ. That's not true. You may have things to give up. You may have a lifestyle that you need to change to become a follower. To become a disciple of Jesus can be a demanding sacrifice, but it's worthwhile. Let me come to a conclusion uh, on Pilate. Not only his opinion and the offer that he made to the crowd, but Pilate's opportunity. When I thought through this, I thought how privileged Pilate was to have had a personal interview with Jesus, to have a conversation that he would remember for the rest of his life, and to have that personal conversation. But he had a choice to make he could either release Jesus or he could sentence him to crucifixion. 
and the pressure that came on Pilate from the crowd in regards to self-preservation. The crowd threatened him. If you release this man, we will report you to Caesar. And, uh, and so self-preservation was a factor in Pilate's life. He had a choice to make. Release Barabbas or release Jesus. He chose to release Barabbas and not Christ. Can you imagine the, the circumstances Pilate weighed up the decision, weighed up the choice, listened to his wife and then ignored her advice, was influenced by the crowd and the threat that they made. And then he thought the best thing to do is sit on the fence and said, bring me a bowl of water that I might wash my hands of this man's blood. I'm not making the decision, he said. You're making the decision for his crucifixion. And he tried. He tried unsuccessfully to abdicate his decision and choice. Without being uh, melodramatic this morning, Pilate today is living with the consequence of his choice. We are all eternal beings. We are all people who will live forever. And whatever choice we make in life will determine where we will be in eternity. Heaven can be our destination if we choose Christ. If we don't, then hell will be our eternal destination. That's a choice. To get to hell, friend, you need to bypass the cross. For God in his mercy has sent Christ to die to save us from eternal judgment. And so I want us to seriously think about our eternal salvation. To have our sins forgiven. To have peace with God. To have a relationship with the Lord Jesus as a Savior and Lord requires that we come into his presence and from our heart confess our sins repent of our sin, and accept Christ as our Savior. We used to sing an, an old hymn. The words of the hymn went something like this. Jesus is standing in Pilate's hall, friendless, forsaken, betrayed by all. Hearken what meaneth the sudden call. What will you do with Jesus? Neutral you cannot be. For someday your heart will be asking, what will he do with me? And so this morning, if this message is new to you, I'm appealing to you to give serious consideration to your eternal well-being and salvation. And God has given you an opportunity just to be here and to hear the message of the gospel explained as simply as I can. That God wants to save you. God wants to give you the blessing of salvation. But you must make the choice either to have it or reject it. May God help us to make the right choice this morning. Let's pray together.
Our Father, we thank you for the privilege of being able to share the good news of God's salvation. We thank you for the Lord Jesus who came and lived and died that we might be forgiven. We thank you for God's grace that has brought each one of us to this service this morning to think about Pilate and his opinion and the offer and the opportunity. May it be, O oh God, that unlike Pilate, we will not try to wash our hands from making this decision, but we'll face up to it and with courage make Christ our choice. So bless this message, we pray. And everyone sitting in this little church, for Jesus' sake, amen. For over 40 years, I've been preaching this message around the world. And it's often very crucial, just at the end of a message, to give people the opportunity to come and talk to me or talk to someone you know. But sometimes, if you just go without talking to anyone, um, the desire to become a Christian can fade, can disappear. The devil the Lord taught in one of his parables, can snatch the seed away like the birds snatching the seed off the soil. And if you're here this morning and you have questions in your mind or you have um, an interest to discuss further the idea of becoming a Christian and finding salvation, then I'll be more than glad to talk to you. I'll just be around thanking people for coming and, um, and looking forward to seeing you if you're free. Uh, to come at four o'clock. I trust that God will bless you for being here this morning and that um, we'll be able to meet again. I said about the little leaflet, you can have one of these at the end.